0: 3-1 pitch, swing and a drive. Deep to right field, way up there, way out of here. Goodbye baseball. A strikeout the... for the King tonight and make it 23 consecutive scoreless innings for and It's Strike 20. three called on the outside corner, and there it is.
1: It's time for the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast.
0: Kyle Seeger, that just happened. Thank you very
1: much.
2: Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. All right, welcome back to the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Gary Hill here. Thanks for coming back. Big podcast today. Not only are we going to talk about a Mariners win, knocking the Astros out of the wild card, at least for the moment. Ouch. I mean, they have held on to a playoff position all season long. But uh, the wake up today, now out, a half game out of the wild card spot. I mean, they've been in first place for just about the entire season. They've held a playoff spot for just about the entire season. But the Angels with seven wins in a row, now a half game up on the Astros. And the Twins now a game and a half back of the Angels for the second wild card spot. So today's game becomes even bigger now for the Astros as they try and take that spot back. But the Mariners win last night, pretty dramatic win. We'll talk about that. Also coming up, Jared Depoto introduced as the Mariners general manager yesterday. Tomorrow we're going to hear a one-on-one with him, but today I'm just going to roll out his entire press conference. You'll hear a statement from President Kevin Mather, and you'll hear the entire press conference from yesterday. You'll hear a statement from Jerry DePoto and he's going to answer a range of questions, and I think it's incredibly informative, and I th- I, I think you'll like what you hear. There's a lot of things that certainly I latched onto during the press conference. I loved when he talked about fitting the ballpark in terms of uh, the way you build this team, athleticism, pitch and catch. I mean, that, that's a formula to win, and it's a formula to win at Safeco Field. I think that is tremendously exciting. Also, talking about the depth, trying to get more depth to the rotation, more depth to the roster, and really supplement uh, the stars and some of the veteran players they have right now. I really liked a lot of the things that you're going to hear, and that comes up in a few minutes. But the game last night, and tip of the cap to Vidal Nuno, who was pitching on, well, not full rest. And he gave the Mariners five innings of three-run ball, and it's the Mariners really run out of starters this season for a variety of reasons, some injuries, some shut down, like Taiwan Walker Vidal Nuno, one of the few left standing, and he's had to really carry a load here towards the end of the season. But he goes five innings and gave the Mariners a chance to win this one as the Mariners – well, Houston scores in the first inning, but the Mariners get two back in the first inning.
0: 3-1 to Cruz, swinging a line shot, left center field on the run, moving over Gonzalez to make the catch, tagging at third Marte, heading home, he'll score, standing up, and the ball gets on by wow. Hank Conger. Game tied at one, Kyle Seager – will go from second to third as the ball gets on by Conger.
2: Okay, that was a Nelson Cruz sack fly. Not not only did it score a run, and I should get Aaron Goldsmith on to talk about this because this is his stat that he totally dug up, and I think it's pretty amazing. But this was the first sacrifice fly from Nelson Cruz this year. And in his research, he found only one other player who went an entire season with 40-plus home runs without a sacrifice sacrifice fly, and that was Adam Dunn. So Nelson Cruz nearly became just the second major leaguer to hit 40-plus and not have a sacrifice fly in a season. Now, his research led to some other fascinating stats where sacrifice flies didn't exist before 1953. So you really start to noodle on... Wow, how does that change some of the numbers from, yeah, take your pick, Ted Williams, Babe Ruth, you know, guys like that, when the sacrifice fly didn't exist. I think this is something that warrants more discussion. So at some point I think we'll have Aaron on and we'll hash this over because I I think it's – I think it's pretty interesting in a number of ways. But Nelson Cruz, the sacrifice fly. The Mariners score two runs there in the first inning. They have the lead. Houston strikes for two more in the fifth. So at that point, they're leading 3-2. to They tack on one more in the sixth. It is to 4-2. But Robinson Cano, a two-run blast in the sixth inning.
0: First pitch, he swings and drives it. This is barreled up right center field. It is gone. First pitch, Robinson Cadeau. There's nothing left but threads on that baseball. We are all tied up. It's a two-run, two-out shot to right center off of fires. Mariners and the Astros even at four.
2: And it stayed tied until the eighth inning when the Mariners begin to threaten the Houston Astros in the eighth. So this is how it's set up. Cruz grounded out to third, and then Cano would fly out to center. So two down in the eighth inning. Seth Smith would single to right field, and then Trumbo would single to right. Smith would go to third. Gutierrez would walk. So the bases loaded. For Sean O'Malley
0: and the 2-2 pitch, swinging a line drive into left center field for a base hit. Here comes Smith on the score. Trouble running third, heading home. The throw to the plate by Mariznick gets on by Conger. Trouble scores around to third goes Gutierrez. Sean O'Malley will get into second base. A two-run single for Sean O'Malley, and the Mariners have the lead here in the bottom of the eighth.
2: There it is, Sean O'Malley coming through with a big base hit. The Mariners take the lead. And Tom Wilhelmsen, uh, he came on early, and he would close it down. An inning and two-thirds for Tom Wilhelmsen to get the win.
0: The 1-2 to Springer on the way. Swing and a fly ball into right field. Easy play. Seth Smith is there. Waits, and he makes the catch, and the Mariners win it. A final score of 6-4, to four and they snap the six-game losing streak. And with the win, the Mariners knocked the Astros out of the number two wildcard
2: spot. So a nice win for the M's. Devastating loss for the Astros. And here was what Sean O'Malley had to say after the ballgame about it.
3: Uh, yeah, I laid off a few so you know, I knew he had some good sync to his fastball so I was just waiting to be patient see if I can get a ball up in the zone that I could handle and put back up the middle and uh luckily with two strikes I was able to get it done.
2: Did you face the before?
3: Yeah, I think um I think I faced him in Houston when uh, the first game I started. I think I had a jam shot knock off in the right, so uh yeah, I was familiar with some of the stuff he had, and uh, fortunately, it turned out good. One time was enough that you'd seen him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, Edgar gave me a good scouting report and told me things to look for. So uh, I went up there with the game plan, stuck with it, and it paid off. I think
1: being a switch, though, and batting from the left side against him is a big advantage because he's he's tough. On
3: uh, yeah. You know, I think it has. I can stay inside of his pitches a lot better. I can uh, I can fight off that two seamer, and you know not get all of it, but, you know, get a hit out of it if I, you know, need be, or I can at least put the ball in play. You
2: got a nice little ovation there, too, as you're coming back to the dugout. What's that? You got a nice little ovation there from the fans as you're coming back to the dugout. You notice that?
3: No, I I didn't notice. (laughs) I think I was just in the zone, locked in. I wasn't really uh, paying attention, but thanks. I mean, that's (laughs) that's great. Uh, I'm glad they loved it. I mean, I sure did, so... Uh, Yeah, it was really, really nice. Do you guys have an opportunity to meet the new GM today? Who I'm sure you have a little familiarity with. Yeah, he came in and you know had a few words to say for a little bit, and uh, uh, yeah. But I previously knew Jerry. um, He's a great guy, and uh, you know I'm really looking forward to uh, see what he can do here, and you know hopefully get us in the playoffs next year. Do he have any kind of message for you? Uh, You know, just he wants to have a loose clubhouse, and uh, I think he said on the radio today too. You know, he's not coming in to change a whole lot, but. Just you know, bits and pieces here and there, which uh, you know is always—it's never a bad thing for some change. But uh, uh, you know, I'm just looking forward to uh, seeing what seeing what he can do, and you know, get to the playoffs and you know, playing that atmosphere.
2: All right, we're going to hear from Jerry Depoto in just a second. But the Mariners will take on the Astros, Game Three tonight. Scott Kazmir for Houston, Johnny Allstaff going for the Mariners. It is going to be all hands on deck for the M's and then an off day tomorrow, and then the Oakland A's come in for three games to end this season. But right now, we're going to hear the entire thing, the press conference yesterday from Jared DiPoto, and it's going to start with a statement from team president Kevin Mather.
1: And thank you for being here um, on short notice, although I've learned there aren't a whole lot of secrets in this industry. Um, But thank you for being here. Today's a big day. Uh, Today's an exciting day for the Seattle Mariners the Seattle Mariners baseball team got better today. Um, As you know, last month, after much contemplation, we we decided to make a change in our general manager uh, to find a new architect, if you will. Since that day, I've worked almost nonstop, full time, on this process, on this search. Um, I called the commissioner's office, I talked to executives at the commissioner's office. I talked to members of the player relations department, assistant general managers, and general managers uh, often, you know, who do they work with on a daily basis? I thought they'd be a good resource. I talked to Major League Baseball owners. I talked to Major League Baseball club presidents. I talked to numerous general managers, numerous presidents of baseball operations, if you will, scouting directors, and numerous scouts I've gotten to know in my 26 years in professional baseball. I learned an awful lot. I should say I confirmed an awful lot. One, uh, Seattle is a well-respected, thought of baseball market. People think very, very highly of this organization. Um, some of the quotes, you should be winning more. <laughs> I thank them for that. Um, a great opportunity for someone um... you will no doubt get the best candidates for this opportunity second i learned or confirmed um, of the hundreds of baseball operations people i talked to they all said without exception the general managers job has grown in the last decade enormously you need balance you need a four-legged stool if you will so with some sarcasm you need old-fashioned scouting. You need player development, you need analytics, and you need good administration. In short, you need a talented guy who's smart enough to surround himself with talented people. Third, I learned, or I would rather say confirmed, that our team has a very good core to build on. There's opportunities here to get this team winning and back to the playoffs quickly, We have holes, we need some roster changes, but we are not far off. And finally, I learned or confirmed that Seattle is a great baseball city. Great city, great fans, great ballpark, and opposing general managers never miss this road trip. They like it here. Um, All of that said, I had upwards of 40 candidates at the beginning of this process phone calls, references, trusted baseball people, and I paired the list to 10. I called, asked permission from the clubs, as, as you do in baseball, I asked permission, and with one exception, I, I received permission for all of them. There are, unfortunately, or fortunately for them, some assistant general managers around baseball who are getting promotions, raises, and new titles today because of those permission calls. Um, And some, due to legitimate family reasons, family concerns, they said, great opportunity. I wish you would have called uh, five years from now, but I can't do it now. And they were legitimate. Um, And so all of that said, I ended up with six great candidates. I interviewed them all. I brought three back to meet with our chairman, Howard Lincoln, our chairman emeritus, John Ellis, and two key members of our ownership group. All three candidates spent an entire day in Seattle. Uh, All three were excellent candidates, and I could have hired any one of the three. But one stood out above all else. Uh, His experience, his philosophy regarding a long-term, sustainable baseball, winning baseball team, his management style, and his references throughout baseball, throughout the league, I recommended to Howard Lincoln. Howard agreed. And let me introduce the new leader of our baseball department, our executive vice president and general manager, Jerry Depoto. Welcome aboard. Thank you. Welcome aboard. Thank you.
4: First, I'd like to say thank you to Kevin, both for, for the, the introduction and this great opportunity, as well as reaching out and saying thank you to Howard, to John, for the time you've taken to, to spend with me since I've been here in town. And for what I hope are many years to come, so uh, to those in the room that I know, hello uh, to, to those that I know uh, I think I'm going to get to know you a little better than I have before and I am thrilled to be here. I brought with me my wife and daughter Tammy and Jordan in that order. I have two other children that weren't able to make it today They had better things to do it, it appears but uh, also uh, college kids that are that are uh, doing their own thing right now but Thrilled to have my family with me and very thankful that they've been a part of the journey. Like Kevin, I've, I've been in the game a, a fairly long time, uh, 27 seasons now and a lot of different roles. And, and this is one that I am thrilled to, to undertake. This is a dream job for me to come to Seattle, a terrific city, a great region. It's my favorite ballpark in baseball. Like uh, I said outside when we walked there, out this morning, just a timeless facility, really is and whoever designed it did a fantastic job. I think now it's time to, to create a baseball foundation for a team that is, that is uh, worthy of playing in this, this facility. So uh, I look forward to the challenges. There will be challenges. Uh, I say this every day, so I'll say it to you today. I don't know what mistake I'm gonna make today, but I'm going to make one. Uh, I'm gonna make one tomorrow too. I, I just hope they're not very big mistakes. And you know, we'll, we'll learn to minimize those, maximize the successes, and, and find a way to to make this organization a championship organization, and then to sustain that, I, my baseball philosophy is to build flexibility, build versatility, create balance, and that will lead to sustainability. I uh, believe that starts today. As Kevin said, the foundation here is fantastic. You know, elite level players like Felix Hernandez and Robinson Cano, Nelson Cruz, Cruz and Kyle Seeger, to say the least. Young guys like Brad Miller and. Mike Zanino and Chris Taylor who I do think you know Cateel Marte were really solid pieces to the future building and and a guy that I think has a chance to shoot the moon in Taiwan Walker there it is is a really nice group of of young players and and our job as a baseball operation will be to surround that group with as good a foundational core as we can and create as much balance on the roster as possible and I know many of you are going to have questions about where we go from here. Uh, I'm hoping that I can answer all of them. But what I can tell you is that we want to create a model here that is something that can be sustained year in and year out, where we have a steady flow of young players coming from a minor league system. Uh, Don't want to quarter that off to just through the drafts. You You get young players from a lot of different avenues. You get them via the draft and international signs. Right now, the, the doors are wide open on the international professional player. The Cuban markets and the Far East—they are important to tap into. You also acquire these players via trade. You know, you can create uh, a, a farm system, so to speak, uh, via trade uh, and create multiple layers of, of player uh, in your system. And, and I'm looking forward to that challenge. I think it's something of an area I've, I've excelled at in the past, and I believe we'll do it again here. Uh, There'll be areas where we where we improve quickly. There'll be other areas where it's going to require some time, and you know, minor league player development takes a little bit of time. It is a that's a slow build, and it takes time for that to develop. Major league roster foundation is here, and uh, what we need to do is work in the in between. And as I said during my visit with Lloyd McClendon yesterday, which I would consider to be a very positive meeting with Lloyd and I, uh, I said to Lloyd, my style is to allow somebody else to focus on what's happening in the showroom and we'll go back and work in the engine room and and make sure that we're building an organization that can do great things and can continue to do great things. Uh, I don't have much more to say in terms of of what my general game plan is. I hope I can be more specific in answering your questions. I'm just really thrilled to be here and look forward to the future of Mariners baseball and believe that we are going to achieve great things together. I've inherited a great group of people in a baseball operation. Uh, Inevitably, there will be change and others will join us. And my goal is to take all the the goodness that exists here and and we'll bind together and create greatness together. So with that, I guess I'll open it up to questions unless somebody else has a a thought.
3: Jerry, Lloyd mentioned yesterday that you're energetic, intelligent, dynamic, and forward-thinking. Are those enough nice words for him to keep his job? (laughs)
4: <laughs> yeah, I could. Well, I think I'm all those things, but I, there's, you know, my wife may argue on a given day. My time yesterday with Lloyd was great, and uh, Lloyd's a great baseball guy. He's been around the game for a long time. I've come across Lloyd many times in our in our career journeys. I've never spent much time with him, so I think the fair answer to that question is this week will be a very important one for Lloyd and I to spend time together. We decided that we will spend time each day, sit down and talk. Mostly get to know one another's baseball, for lack of a better way to put it. Personality wise, I think, and as I think we both found out yesterday, we're not gonna have a problem getting along. That's, uh, uh, we we seem to, to hit it off pretty good and that doesn't scare me in the least. Lloyd's a good person. I think he's, he's had uh, a challenging career path to get here and deserves consideration for anything moving forward. But, you know, it's uh, uh, the best marriages are those in which you fall in love and then get married rather than uh, someone arranging it from a 1,000 miles away. So it will take the time to get to know one another, and I look forward to that. On that
3: note though, the way things ended in Anaheim, how important is it for you in this position to bring in your own guy?
4: I wouldn't say bring in my own guy is critically important. To have someone that I believe in, that I trust, who trusts me and believes in what I'm doing, is, is terrifically important. And I think that's the foundation to all that you do. Uh, you know, in, in this game, and particularly the position that I hold, you, you, you communicate up and you communicate down, and you have to communicate laterally. And, you know, to me, the manager, the manager of the Major League team, more than any other, is, it is a partner. We are partners in what we are doing and building an organization and in trying to create a dynamic that puts players in a position in which they can succeed day in and day out. That's his job, and that's my job. And when we do it together, we'll succeed. When, when, when there's a divide, we're going to have problems. So, you know, over the course of the next week or so, we'll get to know each other a little better. And I'm sure we'll be more comfortable answering that question uh, sooner rather than later. How has
3: your time in the division helped with some of those conversations in the evaluation process?
4: I think a great deal. You know, we, we've, I've been fortunate enough to have been in this division in the last four years. Seeing the Mariners play 19 times a year is... Uh, Sometimes been more fun than others to be honest with you. You know, I I like it a lot better when Felix isn't pitching on the the opposing side I think I'll enjoy it the other way this time, but uh, Obviously we get to see the club a lot get a feel for how the ballpark plays You know, I think that's a real important aspect particularly here, you know Safeco field is a it is a pitcher friendly environment. It does require a degree of athleticism to cover the ground It's a it's an expansive ballpark and you know, as I said to Kevin and Howard through the, the course of my interview process, you know, like most other teams, the the Mariners are going to win when they pitch it, when they catch it, and when they run it down. It's a it's a it's a unique environment, but I think the the narrative is that you can't hit in Safeco Field. I don't believe that to be true. They're they're hitting right now. It's a it's a matter of finding the right hitters, who fit this ballpark well, and the right players who create a roster. I think some of that element or a lot of that element already exists, and and we're gonna go out and, and find the pieces that, that accent or augment that group.
1: Jerry, how did you explain to Kevin and Howard what the breakdown was in Anaheim that led to your departure?
4: Uh, just this, I mean, the same thing that I've said publicly each time I've been asked about it, is it, I believe my decision uh, to leave the Angels was in the best interest of the Angels, uh, it was in my best interests, and I left it at that. You know, we have, uh, in life we have decisions to make, And I'm heavily invested in many of the players on the Angels roster and the organization in total. uh, uh, As part of the architecture group that that put it together, it's important to me. And and a lot of the people that are there, including the players on the field, will always be important to me. But sometimes it's just right to move on for everybody's benefit and for the growth of everyone. And, and that was the right thing for me to do with the Angels. And I think all will agree and we'll all be happy for it.
3: When there's that much attention around some, a,
1: a breakdown like that in, in your departure, did you worry about the possibility of getting another opportunity like this?
4: No, I mean, it's a, it's a commitment you make and it's a belief in yourself. And, you know, I, I feel like that the way things ended for me in Anaheim with the Angels, it will not define my career. It, it is, a, it is a, a moment in my career. I have, I've given up some long homers in my day. I've also ha- had some key strikeouts. Unfortunately, a, a little more of the long homer version than the key strikeouts. But uh, you, know, you, you go through ups and downs in a career. And you know, I consider my time in Anaheim to have been more up than down. You know, we achieved a lot of good things. Uh, 2014, we led the league in wins. Over the course of the time there, we won 54% of the time and put ourselves in position to be a competitive club year in and year out. And I'm proud of that. And And now I will let them move on with their lives, and I will move on with a with a new start here with the Mariners, and I look forward to what the future brings.
1: Gary, you talk about a sustainable organization, but Kevin had also mentioned that he believes this, this big league team is, can, can contend in the next two to three years. Do you share that belief, and, and if so, how close is it?
4: Oh, I think every team can contend you know if, if I didn't believe that I wouldn't be a competitor but you know the the quality of the player on this team I ran through a couple of the names you know you if, if you put together the elements of what is required to be a contending club I, I think the one that we are missing right now is just a general roster depth you know the, the the lineup needs to be a little bit longer the rotation needs to be a little bit deeper the bullpen needs to have more layers than it presently has you know, and that's something that through hard work, through good scouting, through the, the use of proper analytics, you can, you can turn over a couple of rocks and, and find a guy here and there. And you can create the depth in a roster that allows you to be competitive quickly. Uh, it's something in a number of stops along the way I, I've been successful or part of successful groups in, in achieving and you know, I look forward to the challenges. And whether it be through you know, primary market, you know, free agent trade acquisitions or secondary market deals, you know, waivers, smaller trades, minor league deals, you can come up with a very creative roster balance that will allow this team to contend now. And I believe that the core quality of the core group screams for it. You know, you've got too many good players to, to believe that you're far away from winning.
1: Ground in scouting, you have the player, you also, the, there was the talk about the analytics. How do you balance all of that from your background and, and what you go forward with your philosophy? Uh, if
4: those are the three, hopefully 33.3% apiece, you know, that, that'd be my easy answer. I like to be balanced in all that I do. And uh, that, that is, I want to find a way to every, every decision we make, draw from each of those buckets and rely on the good people around you to, to advise you when you're not drawing from one. in in, in the the right dose so you know if we are making a decision we will consider all elements we're going to consider the quality of the player the age of the player the the way he fits on a roster the way he's performed the trends that suggest what may come next for him his health I I could go on and on all of these things need to be considered before we make any type of decision on a player up to and including extending that player through his time with the Mariners and uh, all these decisions are a collaborative effort, and as Kevin said, you know I, I think any more baseball front offices I, I've had now the ability, you know, first in Arizona and and then in in Anaheim to to chair a, a front office group, and it it takes a village. You have to bring in good people. You have to surround yourself with smart people. And as I said to Lloyd yesterday, I, my goal is to to sit in a group where where everyone around me is smarter than I am, is prettier than I am, and knows what to do. And and uh, and then rely on them to help me make good decisions.
1: Jerry, how did, how did the interview process this time differ from when you interviewed for the mayor's job before? And how much more ready do you think you are now than you were back then, five or six years ago? Uh, I'll
4: answer in reverse. I, I think the the easy answer to how much more ready I am for the job is uh, infinitely, infinitely. You will you're going to run into uh, as roadblocks uh, on the on the journey that you just can't anticipate until you've done the job that was pretty evident to me you know I, I took over the diamondbacks in the summer of 2010 on July 2nd and was thrown into you know, the the heat of the July trade deadline when we were an organization that was tearing down and getting ready to, to rebuild and you, you want to talk about sticking a fire hose in your mouth that, that was uh, that was one of those moments where I, oh I you think you're ready you think you have the training and and then you learn within four weeks that it's a little more difficult than you might have expected. So, where I am today, as opposed to where I was seven years ago in my career, uh, my ability to handle more things and and manage more uh, of the the package, I, eons ahead. I can't even put a put a number on it. It's that big. Uh, the the question as to how the process differed. Uh, this time as opposed to last time not a great deal. I think last time was a very thorough process I met with with Chuck and with Howard and and you know had the pleasure of going through multiple layers of interview And you know this time Kevin was involved greatly and first we met in, alone And then we came in and as he said we, we met with a variety of others and uh, What I've encountered in my time with the Mariners both present and past is that I've not met anyone here who's just not a genuinely nice person who seems to have a very good idea of, of what they want the organization to be. And most importantly, the thing that I hear from everyone I talk to, from the people around the stadium to the leaders in the organization, is how, how badly they want to deliver a winner to this region, to this fan base, and in this ballpark. and you know I, I, That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for, is to join that fray and to make it happen. And we won't. What, what what about your experience in Anaheim taught you on how to manage the manager? That it needs to be a partnership. think managing people, working with people, uh, the 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 ability to to get along, to convey uh, a message, uh, and to lead has has never been uh, an area where I feel like I've come short. And you now sometimes sometimes personalities get in the way, and I think the the general narrative or the popular narrative is that is that uh, Mike and I were constantly at war during my time with the Angels. That's that's the furthest thing from the truth, and I think Mike will also uh, share that that belief as well. And you know, like many managers and general managers, we had disagreements in certain areas, and we agreed on a lot of things along the way as well. And, and like I said, when I mapped out, we had some success uh, along the way as well, and some failure. So. You know, we, we grew together, we learned together, At, every day that I'm in this game, I'm learning something new, I'm learning a new trick on how to manage to, from my position to others. Uh, uh, and I hope that's true of the people around me. I, I don't think that's an area where I've, I've been short. The only thing I can say is the the, the skill set or the personality traits that I came into life with, I still possess today and that's what that's the way I'm going to act tomorrow. I am who I
1: am. Kevin, Sorry, you, anyway. you brought in a new GM and you've got this here, are you going to keep the payroll and, and all the level that you've been or even go up for next year? A Good question. <clears throat> um, I take my job as, as to set the goal and, and our fan base and this organization should be playing playoff baseball. So I've set the goal. I brought the right guy in to do that and, and handle it. I'm going to hold him accountable, but I'm also going to give him resources to do that. And those resources if there's ever a time where i'm going to push those resources and get everything i can get to him as a resource now's the time so the no answer on payroll but but we're pushing hard to find resources to make sure we can go get back to playoff baseball
3: Jerry, how much autonomy do you expect to have and kevin how much autonomy will Jerry have
4: there's I'll answer first. I, the, the, Kevin, Howard, all of the people I've met here have assured me that I have the autonomy to make the decisions for the baseball operation. And that's an important element. You know, if, uh, every, uh, every decision that we make has so many tentacles uh, that reach in so many different uh, areas that it is, uh, it, you do have to have an understanding of what you're, you're uh, able to, to manage and control. And, and as Kevin said, I will be held accountable for, for the decisions that I make and I am, I, in the worst of times, I am 100% inclusive in what I do. And we will develop a process where everybody is aware of what we're doing, and nothing will come as a surprise. So it's a, if, if something happens along the way, where a decision goes awry, and it will, I promise you that, <laughs> there's it, it will be understood why we did something. And, and I'll let Kevin answer his on his own.
1: My goal is don't surprise me. Don't surprise me, don't surprise our owners, but all things baseball come through through Jerry's department, and, Jer- and you know, from from major league decisions all the way down to, as I said, said a month ago, uh, down to the bat boy and the Dominican. That's his area; he's in charge. Jerry, based on
4: everything you've said today and your experience with <clears throat> past organizations, how important is it for any organization to have continuity between the general manager and the manager's chair? Uh, I think terrifically important, you know. But the more there is a there are heavy trends in the game; you can see them playing out, and. Uh, You have to be aware of what those trends are. You have to be aware of what the advantages and disadvantages of each decision you make in terms of staffing, uh, whether it be in the dugout with the manager and coaching staff or throughout your organization. Uh, Sometimes change is not a bad thing, but it's not always a good thing, and it's nothing to rush into. Make every decision after having carefully thought out all the different possibilities and objectives. And I think there is – I do trust the people around me to make good decisions. I do trust the existing foundation in the Mariners front office that, to help me make good decisions. And, and I do trust my own judgment in going down and sitting with the, the people downstairs and getting to know their baseball and who they are and what they're about. And there, that is the very clear message I would like to send. It's just about our baseball. We're gonna get along just fine personally. That's not That's the least of my concerns.
2: Based on that, how, how is that going to impact who you pick or retain as your next manager? Do you have, if you have any doubt at all that this is going to last more than another year or two, how does that? do you have to listen to that right away, or do you have to have a vision of a guy lasting five years with
4: you? Uh, I mean, the, the perfect. I, I hope this is the day, you know, that, that today is the day that I've had my last press conference, that I retire a Mariner after multiple World Series championships and having built a great organization with one manager. You know, me too. I, I, I hope that happens. <laughs> uh, and, and any decision that I make, that will be the goal. And you know I, I, have, I, I say this and it's going to sound a little bit goofy, but every day that I wake up, I want to be as great a, a parent as I can be. I want to be as great a husband as I can be. I want to be the best general manager I can be. That is that, that affords me a, a goal to, to go create something and I want to hire the greatest manager that's ever managed. Now, it's, it's, it's tall order, but that's what I want to do. And uh, I think the, the idea that, that Lloyd is here, that a staff is in place, that a team is ready to, to go compete, all of those things will be taken into consideration, and I am in no rush to judge. We'll take our time to make a careful, well-thought-out decision.
1: Jerry, as, as a former player, what's been the evolution of your knowledge and belief in statistical analysis? You I know, mean, a lot of players don't buy into that.
4: You know, it's, it's funny. I, I, while, while I was playing, it was well before what you would consider to be the statistical uh, revolution, and, and the way the game has evolved over time. I believe when I was playing, and this, this at one point was confirmed uh, for me as fact, I was the only active player who was uh, also an active member of Sabre. Uh, uh, on multiple occasions, I actually uh, Spoke at one of their functions in in Denver while I was still an active player, and and, and served as a, a keynote speaker at a couple of their events. I, I've always been interested in it. I'm a I'm a baseball junkie. Always have been. I I'm a, I, I fancy myself a historian, or some have told me that's the case. Uh, I think the game has evolved in ways that we could not have possibly imagined. I I wish I would have known to to, to really focus more in in the world of mathematics than in communications, uh, but. One's serving me okay now, and I think, uh, I, I, I've listened to the right people. I've had a chance to work with a lot of really smart people through the course of my time in baseball that have turned me on to, to, to what is fact. It is fact, and you know, it's, it's helped to craft a belief, uh, and I, a very smart baseball person once said to me, you know, when making any decision on a baseball field, you have to consider what you see and what you know. You know, what we see is the player playing out in front of us, and what we know is, is what he's done. And what we can do is then come up with some general understanding of what he may do moving forward based on all of the elements we talked about earlier. You know, the age of the player, the health of the player, et cetera, the ballpark he plays in. There's so many key elements. But if today, if you're not using the analysis that's available to you, information is king. If you've got information, you've got the key to the universe. And if we're not using it, we will.
1: You talked about the, the manager a lot, you also have scouting and player person. So you save time and you have the vacation, but you also have a lot of balls you're going to be juggling here. How do you balance things here in the next month or so and, and will you be looking at, you know, uh, outside the organization for some of those
4: positions? Uh, sure. I mean, uh, to answer, again, the last question first, absolutely. I'm, I'm sure people will come join the, the organization that aren't here presently. Uh, I'm also 100% sure that many of the people you see here today are going to be key figures as we move forward. Uh, it's, uh, this is a, there's a good group of people here that just need an opportunity to spread their wings. And uh, I think from, from scouting, through the front office, through the baseball operation, there's, there's a lot of talent currently on here with the Mariners that, that exists beyond the field. And you know, I intend to create a, 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 an environment that allows for, for their inclusion in the decision making. I do think there are areas of need and we'll address those as we move forward. Uh, I have had a, a fair amount of experience in the game and scouting and player development particularly, and, and I have some ideas on, on how that should be run. As I said during my sit down with, with Jeff Kingston yesterday, uh, I've got some ideas. Some of them are really bad, and I would like you to tell me which, which ones they are. But uh, I think some of them are, are steady and proven, and, and I intend for those decisions to stabilize an organization. And inevitably, we will look outside to, to solve a few needs, and, and we will also look internally to allow people to grow and spread their wings. Do you
1: have a timetable to get all that stuff done? I mean, is there? No, I'm a
4: professional juggler. You know, it's a we have, I think, ideally, what you would like to do is before the meeting season begins, you know, so let's call it second week of November. Before the meeting season begins, you want to have your organization in a in a healthy place where where you have taken care of the engine room. You know, baseball contracts typically run through October 31st, uh, and that is scouting and player development related. Uh, you you want to restructure whatever you're going to restructure by that point. Uh, you want to have the you want to have the the pick of the litter, so to speak, and the people that you can access. And you also the people who who are not going to be involved in it. You want to have a clear understanding. That gives me more than a month to 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 sit down with people and find out what they're about. And. Like I said, as, as it pertains to, to Lloyd McClendon, to the Major League staff, etc., the, the best thing we can do is spend time together and get to know one another before making any kind of rash judgment. Gary, you call yourself
0: a baseball historian. Was there a, an event or a person that influenced you in, into becoming such a such a student of baseball?
4: You know, I, I don't know that there was ever an event. Uh, I grew up just, a, I, I was attracted to baseball very early in my life. I think the... When when you're writing the, the essay on what you want to be when you grow up, I I didn't think there was another option but being a baseball player. Uh, amidst the laughter, but it worked out for me. And I I grew up a, a baseball fan. I had I grew up in an area before uh, I guess satellite TV in the Northeast where we had the Mets, the Yankees, the Phillies all accessible. I could watch games every single day. When one was playing a night game, the other might be playing in the daytime and. And I was fortunate enough to have, uh, to have a family. My dad would take us up and, and go watch ball games. And you know it, it worked out. And it's been a, it's been a great journey. Um, wouldn't give any of it back. I, I love the game. I love the history and intend to create some. I, I think that's, a, that's part of the fun and the jobs that we do. I've often described myself as the, the kid who sits on the floor with a bucket of Legos. And, and, and I want to build the prettiest castle that can be built. And until the last block is in the castle, I, I won't settle. And the people who work for me know that, uh, and, they, and, and we, have, we have enjoyed the time together. We want to build something great. We want to, hopefully it's more sustainable than a Lego castle, but we'll, we'll get to that. And, and baseball to me, is the it's the fiber that binds, that it may sound hokey, it's the fiber that binds America. You know, it's, it's, as long as I've been alive, it, it's all that I've that I've wanted to do. It's the only job I've had in my adult life. Uh, I have pumped gas and, and loaded trucks as summer jobs somewhere along the way as a, as a kid, but as an adult, this is what I've done. And, and it's what I intend to do. Uh, love the players that play, I love the managers that manage, and I love the people that make organizations what they are. And hopefully, uh, together, we'll do something great. Who's your favorite player all time? Tom Seaver, Tom Seaver, uh, Prince Valiant. And he's been great to me. Actually, I wish my son was here to, To hear that question, his middle name is Seaver, and uh, he uh, hopefully one day he'll he has permission from Tom to wear number forty-one if he ever pitches for the Mets. So he's got that going for him. Jerry, um, why were you unsuccessful in persuading Artie Moreno to not sign Josh Hamilton, or did you think that was a good idea? Yeah, we all have every decision you make is a collaboration, and you know organizationally, you'll you'll choose to walk in one direction or another. Uh, Josh's year as a free agent. I met with Josh. I met with his wife. Uh, we talked through it. Obviously, Artie and, and the the Angel upper management were heavily involved in, in what we were doing, and, and rightfully so. I mean, he's the owner of the club. It's his decision to make, and and as I understand it, my my position here is to manage what I've been given the ability to manage, and that's what I do. And you know, with the with the Angels, we did our best to uh, to put as good a team around. The, the core players as we could I think the core players were outstanding and they were easy to build around and and you know as as Artie told me at the time that was his decision to make and and we're going to build forward in a positive way and and uh as, as a team leader as a team player and as an organizational architect it's my job to then go figure out a way how the other players fit with those players and and hopefully that's what we achieved
2: see you later